Welcome, welcome, welcome to the after show where all things behind the freaking scenes. And I did not curse. Thank you. Because, you know, you might catch that for me. It's not on today because I have coffee. Um, So, look, we I just want to introduce our team for the day. We're going to have some conversations in this after show about our special guest that just came on the air. We just interviewed. Oh, sorry. I had to swallow. Miss Delana Markham and Miss Alexandria Payne. Give it up, give it up, give it up, give it up. So we just had an interview with the one, the only Kendra Parker. Right? Can I get some yes. pause and some some what a beautiful spirit? <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Man, she was so much fun. I really enjoy Kendra. I've been knowing her for for gosh, in the nineties, I think. I, we were trying to figure out when we met each other, but she is doing a lot. She's doing all the things. And she was a really good candidate for this show. Um, and one of the reasons why I wanted to interview her as a part of this first season is because she checks out the boxes, right? She's an entrepreneur. She actually has more boxes. She has a nonprofit. She has um, um, been in entertainment management for quite some time. She actually um, has done international things, all the things, right? And then she's done some major events, like she's the director of the um, African Work of African American Festival um, in, where is it? Rathers Vineyard, Rathers Vineyard every year. It's a pretty prestigious festival, a lot of a lot of names and celebrities there. And so, um, Daylana, what are some of the things that she said that you think or don't agree with? I think there's a couple of things. Is there anything that stuck out that she might've said that you remember? I was mostly influenced by her upbringing. I thought that with everything that I've been focusing on through foundation management with mindset growth and just having those connections, um, I like that she admitted to being in a space where she was encouraged to grow, that she was encouraged to not say can't or, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? She was encouraged to have that mindset of a go-getter from the very beginning. Um, I think that that is what a lot of people are lacking out here, you know? And so to have found a space that encourages that for me, it was really big. And to be able to see somebody communicate that, I thought that was big too. Yeah. what did you think, Alex? Um, I really liked the idea of when she was talking about not saying the word can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's something I should practice as I continue <laughs> to live my life. Uh, but there's one thing in particular that she said, and she was talking about how, you know, in the space of working in an environment that's usually around men. And she was talking about how, you know, I'm nice and sweet, but like, you know, I still get my job done and I'm going to do mm-hmm. what it takes to get my job done. And it kind of made me reflect just a little bit. Um, I, I'm the youngest person on our team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel you like. You are a Gen what? Gen Z. Gen Z, everybody. <laughs> Gen Z. And they like, oh, oh. Millennial life. I think that's the first time I'm playing <laughs> that out loud. And Delana, you are. Yes, I am a millennial. Oh, sookie, sookie. And they call me a Gen Xer. Okay. Um, 
And so, yeah, so just your perspectives in this case. And so, I'm sorry, Alex, continue. No, yeah, I was just saying that, um, so I was saying I'm the youngest person on our team. I look very young. Mm -hmm. So I get that all the time. I'm 23, by the way, for people who don't know, but a lot of people think I'm 12 and I get it. It's my face. <laughs> but I think that sometimes when I step into places, people underestimate me because of how I look. I look very young. Um, I am the youngest person on our team. So I think that sometimes people don't understand the experience that I have. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember that a lot of times when I walk into a room, like, you know, your stuff and don't act like you don't. Um, so when you're faced with people who underestimate you or don't think that you can do something, you just have to show them 10 times better. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, she was talking about that and I was like, huh, that's me. <laughs> but um mm -hmm. yeah it's just really cool to see like she has these things that she thinks about every day and I'm doing the same things I'm so early on in my career and she's you know doing great things and I hope to be like that one day yeah I think um I think you're right one of the things my my dad and fortunately I did have him in my life he would tell us you you beat the hell out of can't until you can and that was one of those you know don't say can't in our house as well we grew up with with that as well and when she said that I identified with uh, that type of upbringing, and that helps me get to, you know, no is not necessarily an answer. Like if you, if I get to a place where I I find it difficult, I just find another way out. You know, so you've heard me talk about, you know, over the mountain, around the mountain, through the mountain, move the mountain, move it, kick whatever you need to do. This mountain is not going to get in my way of getting to whatever I need to get to on the other side. And I think that's built off of those type of principles in the house. Right. And so she talked about, um, you know, being uh, versatile as a woman and being in situations where you might have to change who you are, not change who you are, change who you're um, representing, if you will. Um, did you guys, um, what did you guys think about that? Sometimes you walk into a room and somebody, you know, the aggressive Nina may not be needed. I have to read the room and I may need to be empathetic Nina or I may need to be girly Nina. That's not, I don't really do girly Nina, but you know, if I need to pull her out, you know, or I may have to like be one of the boys, you know what I mean? Like, do you guys experience that? And how do you feel about needing to do that? For me, I think that it was one of those things where you guys stated in the conversation where you felt like, how do you make that call? And I felt like it wasn't a call that I make alone. It is me being intentional with myself, knowing myself and feeling my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so more so taking the call instead of avoiding the situation or how I see others um, are, are perceiving me. Uh, and more so just how do I feel in that environment and what do I know to be expected of me, like you said, versus what I'm authentically willing to give to the people who I'm I'm working with at the time. So um, just being able to kind of switch those demeanors mm -hmm. um, is more so about feeling your feelings and then being the person who others are looking for to sing in a way that gets the point done. But like I said, by still being yourself, though. So if you have to be more girly, by all means, you know, become more feminine. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If you have to be more um, of an active listener, then sit, be, be with those feelings and that stillness and be able to take time to be able to actually reflect what others are saying and, and be there for the response, not, you know, not be so reactive. So it's kind of like having to just feel those feelings for me. Do you think, Alex, that um, is this a, um, um, an opposite of being authentically yourself when you walk into a room and have to? 
represent as someone else? Hmm. <clears throat> no. Okay. Um, I think that who you are is who you are at the end of the day, and there are multiple layers to who you are. Um, so when she was talking about that, the first thing I thought of was was code switching. So hmm. whether I'm, you know, in a corporate space or I'm with my friends or I'm with you or with family or wherever I am, like there are certain ways I speak to certain people in my life. And it just kind of reminds me of the same thing. So I may have to pull out different portions of who I am. But I mean, at the end of the day, there's one goal and I have to get to that goal no matter how I got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I don't think there's I don't think you're being unauthentic. I just think that you are showing showing different sides of yourself mm. because at the end of the day, it's all you. Mm-hmm. It's just different. You know, we live in a society now where the authentically yourself is a thing. And if you're outside of that, you can get shunned. Right. And I just it's interesting conversation to have um, of, of women like myself and, and Kendra who, you know, walk in in all of us. They walk in all these different rooms. And let's just be honest. You know, you're not going to drop F-bombs in front of grandma and, you know, or you might. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm not don't. dropping F-bombs. From <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we we do this all the time. I think as a culture, we do it. You know, there are certain things we do with our corporate face on than we do when we, you know, twerking at the club. Like, it's all different types of, but you're absolutely right. It's all us. It's still you. And I think sometimes this whole be authentic, authentically yourself can get, um, um, you know, it's, it, it can be overrated. It's, it's not the word I'm looking for, but I want you to always be you, but understand there's so many different parts of who you are. And it's okay if you need to be able to represent this particular part of you at whatever time. You have a comment about that, Miss Alexandria? Yeah, I was just going to say that I think some people get so stuck in, you know, being unapologetically you that there's supposed to be only one version of you. And that's not the case. And I wish mm-hmm. people would just be more comfortable in themselves to allow that opportunity to open up those those different layers that we were talking about. Mm, she dropping gems over there. She dropping some gems. Can she get something for the gym? <laughs> <laughs> So what so what do you think about her in, in all the things she's doing? I know I've talked to a couple um uh Gen Xers, Gen X Zs, who are not about like doing all of those things. You know, she's got nonprofit, she's got, you know, this and she's flying all over the world and she's doing that. Like they just want to kind of be in one space. Do you think that doing all of that wears you out and makes you less present in the other things? Or do you feel like she or someone like her. We're not talking about her specifically, but can you do it all? I think that if you have the bandwidth to do that, if your passions align with that, then you should do it. But if you're a person who's like, I need to focus on one thing at a time instead of having multiple entrepreneurship opportunities or like she had nonprofit and doing stuff here in the States, doing stuff overseas, like that can be a lot. And I know she talked about how overwhelming it could be in some capacities, but um, I think you just got to know yourself and mm. what's comfortable for you. Because I know I, I couldn't do that. Like me being overseas and then flying back here, like that back and forth would drive me insane. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's about knowing what's comfortable and what's right for you. Mm. What do you think, Taylor? I think it, I agree. It always goes back to valuing yourself and knowing yourself and being able to make those calls that are best for yourself, being resilient when you need to be and trying to figure out what's going to put you in a position to do what you feel is success for you, you know? And for her, it seems like taking a, a lot of tasks on and, you know, making these different calls 
you know, it's been successful for her. It's been the things that have allowed her to connect to her community and assist the most people and, and still feel happy at the end of the day, just being who she is, you know, and in her space. So, and I thought that was really marvelous to be able to see her even stand from, say from like, okay, I was in a corporate space and now I'm in an entrepreneur space and knowing my worth. Like she, mm-hmm. she literally said that I can't work for free. Like there's things that I need to be able to stand up for myself and and get that, you know, because yeah. I do that. I'm, you know, and so I'm worth that. Yeah. I think, I think the underlying statement in all of that is, is I think both of you has, have said it and it's about knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to know that self mm-hmm. and ask yourself those hard questions. And if you don't know who you are, you got to do the work to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And then those types of things will be easier to answer. You know, like you, 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 you were talking about not being there. You don't want to travel all over the, you know, from here to there and do all the things at this stage. Again, that might change 10 years from now or whatever. Mm-hmm. But knowing who you are, you can stand in who you are. You know, knowing what your boundaries are, knowing what you, um, your, 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 what you believe in, knowing what you will do, won't do, want to do. Like, all that's so important, you know. And so it sounds like she has done some of that work, right? Do you think that it takes to the mid thirties is your age where you got, you know, you're doing the work to kind of get to know who you are. Is that something that a a Gen Z or millennial, you know, can do now? Uh, From my perspective, I think that she really was effective for me, like listening to her speak because it's something that I'm taking in now and I'm living through it right now. Like being able to stand up for myself, get through those adversities and be willing to take on more tasks that are leading me to a place where I feel comfortable being, you know, at my age, um, I am getting closer to 30 now. So it is like important to take steps that will um, make me feel like I did the right thing and not living with any regrets, you know, mm. um, I, even as far as her taking her dating advice, like at the end, <laughs> I thought that was pretty magnificent. You know, I'm traveling the world like I'm about to meet all these different people and being able to see all these different things. So um, I, I think it's something that everybody can do if they just open themselves up to themselves, to their feelings. She called them these nagging feelings. You asked her, how <laughs> how do, uh, how did you get there? How did you get there? And she's like, it's just like this nagging feeling. It wouldn't stop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I had to take these steps. But it but it, was, um, it wasn't that, you know, about having to do anything. It's about being open to doing it, though. Like, mm-hmm. I'm changing for the better, and I'm going to accept these things, you know? I'm accepting the responsibility for these engagements, and I'm accepting the time to be able to meet these people or know know thyself as you said know thyself. you said uh, it's a little muscle in here right a little yeah. emotional yeah, muscle exercise the muscle so exercise the muscle, that, so. that vegas nerve <laughs> do some of that work y'all do some of that breath work solution do the work and so alice do you think like even at your age or your your friends around your age um um how do you get to a point where you start doing the work like what needs to happen for you to get to know who you are hmm. um <clears throat> I think everyone has, and they're all different, but I think everybody has a point in their life where they're like, I just can't do it anymore. Like, I can't keep doing the same old things I've been doing. I got to do something better. I want more for myself. I need more. And mine happened early. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, and I have friends that are, you know, a little bit older than me, you know, 30, 32, um, and they're still trying to figure out who they are. And, and I'm, and I say this in no way shape or form trying to you know discredit anybody else's journey but I just mean in my own self I just know that I wanted to be way further ahead 
than at 30. So like I wanted to know who I am, my goals, my passions, everything way before, you know, people have this. And Delana, you're closer to 30 than um, I am, but it's okay. No shade. Mm, no shade. Okay. No shade. <laughs> I just mean from a pace of like, I feel like the people that I know around that age are just getting to a space where they're like, hmm, this isn't like the way that I want my life to go. Mm-hmm. And like the people that they try to give advice and, you know, where you're supposed to be. But I think everybody's journey is different. So if you haven't had your aha moment of, you know, this isn't enough for me yet, then, you know, it takes a little bit more time. And I have some friends who are going through that and some friends who are just getting on the other side of that. Mm. Um. So in knowing yourself, you kind of know where you want your life to take you. And so once you figure out, you know, these are the values that I have, this is who I am as a person and, and it changes. So you're not the same person you were when you were 15 or when you're 20 or when, I hope not when you're 15, 20 or 25. (laughs) And so it, it just takes time. It does take time. And I, you know, I appreciate you guys' point of view in this after show version of all things behind the scenes. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, thank you so much, Kendra Parker, for sharing your life story with us. And we've gotten a lot of direction, some gems. Um, I hope that anybody who is listening and who, um, um, that anybody who's listening got something out of uh, the, the interview, um, wh- wh- wherever part of the journey that you're on. And these are the type of things we want to share with you and all things behind the scenes. We really appreciate your time sharing with us. Until next time, follow us on uh, all things btspodcast.com or all things social media. We're going to be everywhere your favorite podcast lives. Until then, peace. <laughs>